There are very few things that investors can do that are free. But what about a podcast that delivers educational content on investing, saving strategies, financial planning, topical items of interest, and maybe even the odd wacky topic? Welcome to Free Lunch. Hosted by Greg Kramitsky and Colin Andrews of the CM Group at CIBC Wood Gundy, Free Lunch will bring listeners the firm's vast knowledge and experience in dealing with uncertainty to help clients achieve their vision through a deep understanding of what is important to them that requires planning, money, and time. Learn more and subscribe today at markets-work.com. Welcome back to the Free Lunch Podcast. Today with Blair Howell and Colin Andrews. Blair, good to have you back on the show. It's nice to be back, Colin. Well, you're a prettier face than Greg. Let's just put it that way. So it's oh. nice to be around you. <laughs> Stop so it. Stop it. Last week, Blair, Greg and I talked about bubbles, that being market bubbles, acid bubbles, etc. What to do when a bubble bursts and how to protect yourself leading up to a bubble. So the problem, Blair, is identifying when a true bubble is occurring and timing what to do with that bubble. I would suspect that's a very difficult thing to do. Well, yeah. I mean, if everybody could time it, then there wouldn't be any bubbles. Well, and we wouldn't have a job. Exactly. So today we're starting a new three-part mini-series on health and wealth. And this is an area that we've spent some time on in the past, and it's very relevant today. There's a fair bit of stress still out there, I would guess from all things COVID related, but the purpose of this mini series is to get us all set up and on the same page for our next health and wealth webinar, which is happening on June 24th. On that day, we're going to have Dr. Kevin Fonseca. Remember him, Blair? I do. Yeah. He's a clinical virologist, I believe. He is. With Alberta Health Services, and he's going to be joining us and talking about all things COVID related. And of course, we're going to present on all things investment related, but to kick off our health and wealth mini series, We have Christine Dixon joining us today, and Christine is an osteopath who works at Prairie Therapy. And before all the listeners start to question things like, what the heck does this have to do with investing? I got to say lots, and we're going to get into that. But as much as we tend to, as investors, focus on things like the health aspect of an investment portfolio being rate of return or things like that, we have to remind ourselves that the rate of return comes from the asset allocation strategy that only comes from the diagnosis. So in this case, the diagnosis is from a financial plan, but today we're not going to talk about diagnosis from a financial plan. We're going to talk about the health aspect. So Christine, that was a very long introduction, but thanks so much for joining us today on the Free Lunch Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, Christine, we're going to kick it off here with one really important question for you to answer, and that is, Tell us your story. How did you end up where you are today? I was born and raised in Regina and grew up playing volleyball. I was really into sports, played every season I could and loved it. I loved the team atmosphere. I loved the team mentality and I loved being around like-minded people that wanted to better themselves. And so that rolled with me into university where I pursued an athletic therapy career. So I finished my fourth year of the program at Calgary. That's what brought me out this way. And I started out practicing as an athletic therapist and just felt a bit frustrated. If it was a normal ankle sprain that walked through the door, no problem. I felt like I could textbook follow the rehabilitation plan and get that person fixed right up. But if there was anything more, anything chronic, any medical conditions involved, 
anything a bit more complex, I felt limited. There wasn't a plan in the textbook for me to follow, and I wasn't sure exactly where to go with it. So I felt there was more to the body and more I could do as a practitioner with my hands to better that person. And so I looked at going back to school and I wasn't quite sure what that meant for me. So I started doing some research on same health field, but different career path in it. And I looked at all everything. I looked at becoming a doctor, becoming a sport med doc, a surgeon, a chiro, a naturopath, and none of it really fit. I still really wanted to be hands-on with my patients and make that relationship with them. And an old professor mentioned osteopathy, and I'd never heard of it, like many of us, wasn't quite sure what it was. And I did the old Google that night, and the next day I wrote my application. It was everything that I thought I wanted, and I didn't know there was a career out there for me. But that was in March, and I started school the following September. That's pretty cool. Now, i got to ask you, though, how do you pronounce it? Osteopathy? So you say osteopathy, but if you're just talking, I'm an osteopath. But when we describe it, it's osteopathy. And you got into this field because of what I would call models versus reality. And this is something we talk about in the investment world all the time, that on paper, things should work out just the way they are, just like how you mentioned treating an ankle sprain is pretty straightforward as long as that's all it is. But the reality is there's something underlying that is causing the issue that you can't see. Absolutely. That's exactly it. So a lot of the time, if somebody sprains their ankle, great, it can be a straightforward ankle sprain. But if you have an old back injury, and you're in a cast for six weeks, and you're on crutches, it's gonna hurt your back. And so it was the ankle sprain I could fix, but then I couldn't quite figure out what was going on up in the back. And so we had to unpeel the layers of the injury to find out where it was going. So osteopathically, we take a full approach to the body every time it's a head to toe assessment. And so we want the whole picture before we know where we can dive in. That's awesome. Quick question for you, Christine. So what's the difference between a physiotherapist and an osteopath? Osteopathy. Osteopathy. No, an osteopath. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So we all have our little categories that we fit into. A lot of it is very similar. It's it's hands-on therapy. When you go see a physio, typically they use some form of modality. So they'll use an IFC machine or ultrasound or heat or acupuncture. When you come and see me, it's just my hands moving your body around to get you in a position. So we don't use any modalities. It's just hands-on therapy. And then I would say I typically describe the differences as we do the normal muscle bone joint ligament stuff that a physio or a chiro would do or a massage therapist. And then we add in a few extra layers. And so our spooling is just a bit different, whereas we add in visceral manipulation. So if there's been any problems in the digestive system, in the reproductive organs at all, in the lungs, the heart, we can move the organs around minimally to get them to function better and to relieve stress off of the system. So typically physiotherapists and chiros don't do visceral manipulation. And the extra one that we add in is cranial sacral therapy. So that's really nice. I describe it. It's really nice for the basic metabolic functions of the body. So is your brain telling your body, hey, it's time to go to bed. Hey, let's shut off the brain. Let's get into sleep and let's have a deep sleep and rest for the next day. So is your brain sending your body the signals to function? You brought up a really critical word there. And sorry, Blair, to cut you off, but stress. 
the reason we wanted to do this mini series, and again, for the listeners out there, that being my parents and your parents, Blair, and yeah. maybe a few <laughs> of our friends, but the stress in investing, we talk about this all the time, that investing is full of stress if you let it be. And so it sounds like there's a real link between the body and stress and sort of like any ailments. We are huge believers that anything we go through in a day, emotionally, physically, stress it takes a toll on your body. And so when you have a stressful reaction in your life, your body's going to have to react to that. And so a lot of the time when people are in a stressful environment, they go, oh, I'm so stressed right now, but they feel okay because your body's able to produce the hormones and produce what you need to get through that time. And then you hit a big low when you come out of that and you go, oh man, last week was really tough. I'm feeling pretty wiped. Like my body just can't cope this week. I'm so tired. I'm so lethargic. And I just can't get my body out of this funk that I was in from all the stress that I put myself through. And so osteopathically, we can really help with that. We can really help your system balance out your nervous system so that you can cope with things better. I typically tell a really stressed out patient that you're going to still have the stress that flies at you day to day, but your reaction to it will lessen. You won't be as quick to judge, quick to misfire, quick to react you'll just be able to cope with things a lot easier if we can balance out your nervous system. Well, that's great to hear. I like that method. Kind of speaking with that with stress and your diagnosis and that. So is there a significant or a relationship between diet and exercise? And when you talk to your clients or patients about that, is that advice you give in terms about eating properly and exercising? Absolutely. So we always look at the whole picture. Like I said, I go through detailed history, typically takes about 20 minutes on each patient, depending on what they've been through. So we ask all those baseline questions on intake. And so we want to look at full picture, full body always. So if you have digestive disorders and you're lactose intolerant, is it because you ate an ice cream sandwich last night? Or is it because there's something physically with your digestive system that we think we can help with? So I'm by no means, I'm a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not an exercise coach, but I for sure include that into my therapy and make sure that patient is always going to get the right help from the right people. So if a patient comes in with extreme digestive dysfunction and they know they have all these allergies, but can't quite pinpoint it, I typically refer out to a naturopath. That's the best person that's going to be able to help you control your diet so you, and learn what works best with your system. And in conjunction with me, then, if there's inflammation in your system, I can help move that around and help settle out the dysfunction from my standpoint. But if you're still going to be putting in something that's aggravating, we need to control that as well. And I'm not the best person for that, as well as exercise. I started out as an athletic therapist, so I have a really good grasp on injury rehab and what needs to happen physically. But if a patient comes in and they're needing a full workout where they are wanting a home program, same thing, I refer out. I typically show a couple of stretches at the end of my day when I'm with my patient. But if you're looking for a full reboot, I refer out as well. But it's absolutely discussed every time. Oh, that's good to hear. I mean, we talk about that in the last 10, 15 years, kind of how medicine has changed and how it's becoming more of a holistic you know, the importance of exercise, which kind of leads to the next question. What changes do you see in health awareness over the next five, 10 years? And have you seen a major change in health awareness? I mean, let's go before COVID because obviously health becomes paramount in that time. But have you seen a change in medicine over that since you've entered the... Osteopathy. Osteopathy. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what I would say to that, yes, of course, COVID has kind of shifted all of our mindsets. And so this year has been a big mental health one. We're worried about homework balance, life balance, stress balance. And so I would say since I've been practicing, that's been the biggest shift that I've seen was in making sure patients are seeking out mental health care in whatever capacity they need that from. But on top of that, the one that I would like to see going forward, and I'm really trying to push this on my patients is being an advocate for yourself. You know your body, you trust your body. So when you walk into my office and you say there's something wrong, I trust you. I believe that. I believe what you're feeling. And so you go to your doctor and you say, hey, I slept on ice in December. And after that, I didn't hit my head at all. But after that, I started getting these headaches and something's wrong. And your doctor goes, "Ah, it's not related. On paper, your head checks out, you're fine, go home. And so what I want patients to be able to do is just have more of a voice. You go back to that doctor or you come to see me. I trust everything that you're saying and I write you a letter and that goes to your doctor. And so it's just being heard with your own health. So many patients get sent away. Our healthcare system is overrun right now. It's busy and it's hard for those physicians to take the time to listen to you when they are overworked the way they are. And so when you come in and book an appointment with me, you have 50 minutes every single time, one-on-one time with me. And so you can tell me everything that you're feeling, everything that your body's going through, and I'm going to hear you and believe you and try to find the right practitioner for you. And so just being advocates for our own health is where I'd really like to see it go instead of sitting back and waiting for somebody to come help you. I think we need to be a bit more proactive instead of reactive, a bit more preventative instead of what can we do to fix this after it's happened. And I think that's where a lot of practices are going is how do we prevent these big back episodes from happening instead of dealing with them on the back end. Financially, it's also very important to do so. Dealing with something after the fact costs our healthcare system and ourselves way more exponentially than if we can be proactive with our care. Wait, wait, proactive planning, <laughs> setting goals, linking your health, your this sounds a lot like investing, Blair. It sounds very familiar. And I love to hear that. Kind of going back to what you said originally, Christine, the idea of coming in and I have a sore ankle and yeah, I can fix that, but Maybe there was something else going on that why it's always sore that I'm missing. Yeah. What's the root cause? Yeah. And that ability or that passion to go out and just like, I think I can do better. What do you think the relationship is? Because you just spoke to it a little bit. And I've always kind of been curious because as you said, when we go to our doctor, I have a good relationship with it, but I find a lot of times, yeah, you are kind of being pushed through. This is happening and okay, I'm going to, there's a prescription and I think they want the best going through, but what do you think the relationship is between an osteopath, kind of that traditional medicine and other forms? Do you think there is collaborations being formed or do you still think it's a bit, I guess, siloed in terms of your own doctor and other people? You So what I like to see is that multidisciplinary approach. I want every patient of mine to have a family doctor. I want them to get their physicals every year. And I think it's very important from that side. Medically, we want everybody to be healthy. So if they have that blood work and know they're safe on paper, then we can do our magic in here. But we for sure are trying to bridge the gap. And I think it's just, again, that busyness. Every healthcare practitioner is so busy. And so what I really try to do, I'm really 
I would say a strength is communication. And so bridging that gap and having those conversations with the doctor, oh, okay, you don't think it's something medical. Let me take over. Let me take this one off your case and I'll put them through my stuff and see if that helps instead of them being back in your office every two to three weeks asking for more painkillers because their back still hurts. And so we're for sure trying to bridge the gap, but I really think multidisciplinary is the way to go. I think every person should have a family doctor. They should have a physio they can go to for an acute injury. They should have an osteopath to help with just maintenance of health and anything they're going through. And then of course the other ones, massage, I think is excellent for stress reduction monthly, just helping with circulation and just getting you to a place where you can relax. Chiros are really good acutely as well. If you wake up with a kinked neck, Cairo is the one to go to. And so we each have our little specialties of where we can fit in, but I think every person could benefit from every treatment. I like this idea of it's up to you to take control of as a patient, as a person, it's up to you to take control of your future health. But this idea of having a diversified approach, understanding the things that you know and focusing on those things and then outsourcing the things that you don't have control or knowledge of is kind of what I'm hearing. I think that's where we're best and really putting that ego aside and really trying to help the patient get better. And so our whole goal at Prairie Therapy is getting the patient better, whether that's a patient walking into my office and I go, you know what, my physio actually would be way better at this than me. And just being able to hand that patient over without that worry of that ego saying like, I don't know how to fix this, but that doesn't matter. I don't need to know how to fix this. I need to get this patient better. And if that's in somebody else's hands, that's going to do it. And we are a family here and we walk patients through different doors every day, just trying to get them better care. Hey, Blair, are we recommending Christine Dixon at Prairie Therapy? I think we might be. Yeah, I think we are. I think we are. We can't recommend stocks. We can't make stock recommendations on this podcast, but we can recommend that somebody go see an expert in health-related stuff. Well, I mean, health is incredibly important. For our clients, we want them financial health, but at the same time, we want them to live a long, happy life that they can enjoy that wealth. So being physically and mentally happy just means that they can enjoy the money, the trips, the vacation, what things they like to do. I got to tell you, I've been counseling more people this last few years on spending their money than on anything else. Because just like what you talked about, you get to a position where if you don't have your health, you don't have anything really. What's that saying? You don't want to die the richest person in the grave or something like that. Like at some point you got to enjoy your life. The person who dies with the most still dies. Yeah. What are the questions you got for Christine Blair? I have. If you just kind of have a general conversation, what would you say is might be the biggest thing people should be doing for their physical mental health? If you just had, let's say your top two on a day-to-day basis. Day-to-day, I would say have a person, your number one go-to that you can talk about your day with. I find that loneliness is a big one this year and not having the ability to reach out and chat with somebody. And so have a person talk about your feelings, talk about your day, talk about what bugs you talk about, what made you happy that day, and just have conversation and relationship with somebody. And the number two, I think sleep takes the cake here. Good quality sleep sets up a foundation for the rest of everything that you do. And so if you can shut down at night and have a good, whatever your body needs, some people can function off of six, some people need nine, Anywhere kind of that seven to eight is the best from the research standpoint, but 
quality sleep sets you up for your day. If you don't have a good sleep the night before you go into a stressful work meeting, you just can't cope as well as if you had a really good rest the night before. And that steamrolls into everything else. If you're not sleeping, your digestion's not going to work. Your circulation's not going to work. You're not going to have energy to exercise. So it's the base foundation for everything that you build your life on. So having a relationship, talk to someone, talk to anybody that you can trust and then sleep. That's awesome. Yeah, that was good. I think you answer most of the questions I had. Well, actually, you had another question that I wanted to clarify on. It was the do-it-yourself. Because we did an episode on do-it-yourselfers two weeks ago. In it, we poked fun at one of our colleagues because he's a real do-it-yourselfer. As a matter of fact, I won't tell you his name, but it starts with Steve and his last name is Molina. And he <laughs> does things like change, I don't know, springs in his car and things like that on his own. But Blair, what was your do-it-yourself question? Well, I guess right now it's a do-it-yourself world. It's easy to get information off the internet and that becomes fact. And I just want to know kind of your maybe frustration or stories with people who come in. And for a while, I remember it was copper bracelets that fix any arm problems or... Those don't work? Sorry. Oh, okay, wait, I won't interrupt. I won't interrupt because I want to hear the answer. But yeah, you probably hear it all the time. I heard that I should be taking this to solve this problem. and. So don't get me wrong, if there was a pill, I would take it too. But so much of that stuff is gimmicky and it just doesn't work. And so I think that's the baseline is that you got to put in work to be healthy. It doesn't just come naturally. It's not an instinct for most people to pick the salad over the burger and go for the walk instead of watching TV. And so you've got to put in the work to do it. And oh yeah, I have the... YouTube patients that find exercise programs on YouTube and they're putting themselves through it. And then of course they get hurt because the guys in the videos are professionals doing these things and they have built up the baseline strength to get there. And the typical patient is sedentary. We sit at our desk all day long working. And so you can't just jump off the couch and be a YouTube star. And so I think it's bridging that gap is in life, I think there's a lot of things you can do it yourself. I have four sons and they all had birthdays this last week and I made four cakes and I decorated four cakes and it was that Instagram versus reality type thing. But I mean, in that situation, nobody's getting hurt. Nobody loses anything. And we had a lot of fun. But in this situation, it's your body, it's your health. And really, I think there's not a lot you can do it yourself. I think you need to go see a professional and Everybody is different. And so you get the good information on what you can do. And then home exercise programs, for sure, on stuff that is valuable for you at that time. And that can change. But just taking the initiative to go get help, I think, is really important right now. Yeah, I like that. No shortcuts to good health. You know where we get it, Christine, is I have people that come into my office and tell me how the stock market works. And I always find that quite... I listen and I ask open-ended questions because... The person in front of me is quite passionate about how they understand how global stock markets work. I happen to work in the global stock markets. I have a good baseline and understanding of how they work, but it's always interesting when somebody tells you. Like, So in this case, it's kind of like somebody self-diagnosing because they went online. Maybe their ankle was sore. They went online. They Googled something. It always leads to two paths, one of two paths. You're having a heart attack or you have cancer every single Absolutely. time. 
And so I don't say don't Google your symptoms because nobody listens to that, but Google it, take a breath, come back to reality and see what's most appropriate and then book in with me. And so we can talk it out. So nine times out of 10, no, 10 times out of 10, a patient walks in and they go, I think I have tennis elbow. And we take a look at it and I go, why do you think you have tennis elbow? You've never played a day of tennis in your life. And they say, well, I Googled it and that's the location of the pain. And we go, okay. And then I'll say, let me go through my assessment and we're going to chat about this. We're going to chat about what I find. We're going to chat about why I think it's not tennis elbow and how we can go from there. And that's just it is I have the educational background to get you through this as opposed to just, oh, well, your elbow hurts, must be tennis elbow. And so it just puts that comprehensive thinking behind the Googling, I guess. That was awesome. Is there any last questions, Blair? I don't. You're speechless? I'm speechless. That That's was great. fantastic, Christy. <laughs> well, you're not done yet, though. We're not letting you off the hook just yet. I was giving you a hard time before we started recording because you are from Regina and I'm from Saskatoon. And there's a I'm bit of rivalry of between Regina and Saskatoon, right? Yeah. So we're going to give you a speed round. These are just for fun. These questions are just for fun. You got through the heavy lifting. So Blair, start us off with a speed round for Christine. Well, what do you do for fun when you're not working? Oh, time's ticking. We go outdoors camping. All right. Any books you're reading right now? Oh, I just finished 28 Summers last night. 28 Summers? It's like a cheesy love novel. I cried at the end. It was really cool. (laughs) Colin, you'll have to read that. I might have already read it, Blair. You don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What shows are you watching? Oh, I do like This Is Us. I have triplets, and so it just hits my heart. I know my wife is watching that right now. Isn't that about divorce? Is that show about divorce? There's a lot of love in it, though, too. A lot of, like, family love and all the good stuff. I wanted a big, messy family, and I got one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I watched my life on that show. Pick a number between one and ten. Nine. No, wrong. Sorry. That's a Regina answer. (laughs) Saskatoon would have got it right. Okay. Other than Free Lunch Podcast, which you're on, of course, right now, are there other podcasts that you listen to? A Regina boy, Benny Hebert, and Bowie by Mitchell just started one. It's DraftKings, uninterrupted, and I've been into that lately. Okay. That leads to the next question. Riders or stamps? Oh, it has to be the riders. We're born. Yes, exactly. Blair, I hate to break this to you, but we might be different as in Regina and Saskatoon, but we still wear our green jerseys. Well, you wear your red one. Bleeding green. I hear it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Red and hue. You have to be a rider fan. This should be an easy one for you. Bunny hug or hooded sweatshirt? Bunny hug. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Nice answer. Absolutely. Bunny hug. That about wraps it up. So listen, you did great. (laughs) I don't know. We'll give you a six out of 10 on the speed round. Good job. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I'll sharpen up for next time. Yeah, that was good. Well, listen, well, thanks for joining us today, Christine. It was a lot of fun. And for anybody that's looking for osteopathy or an osteopath, they can find you at prairietherapy.ca, I believe is your website. Yeah, it is. We have an amazing team of people. Like I said, we've been around just over 10 years now. And we really are a team here. And I would trust any single practitioner we have here with my life. Awesome. All right. Well, listen to all the listeners out there. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to give us a rating on your podcast provider and to join us on June 24th for our webinar on health and wealth. We are going to have two more 
of these health and wealth mini series podcasts with two other practitioners in different fields. And Christine, have a great day. Yeah. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the free lunch podcast hosted by the CM group at CIBC Wood Gundy. To subscribe to this podcast to get more realistic insight on investing or to connect with one of our talented partners, please head on over to markets-work.com. We'll see you next time on the Free Lunch Podcast. The CIBC logo and CIBC Private Wealth Management are registered trademarks of CIBC. If you are currently a CIBC Wood Gundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Private Wealth Management consists of services provided by CIBC and certain of its subsidiaries, including CIBC Wood Gundy, a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc. CIBC Private Wealth Management is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Wood Gundy is a registered trademark of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Colin Andrews and Greg Kraminski are investment advisors with CIBC Wood Gundy. This information, including any opinion, is based on various sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy cannot be guaranteed and is subject to change. CIBC and CIBC World Markets, Inc., their affiliates, directors, officers, and employees may buy, sell, or hold a position in securities of a company mentioned herein, its affiliates or subsidiaries, and may also perform financial advisory services, investment banking or other services for, or have lending or other credit relationships with the same. CIBC World Markets, Inc. and its representatives will receive sales commissions and or a spread between bid and ask prices if you purchase, sell, or hold the securities referred to above. CIBC World Markets, Inc., 2021.